0: Welcome, everybody. This is an episode I'm really looking forward to. This is my friend, Larry. We met actually to talk about marketing because that's what he does. He's a brilliant uh, marketing coach. He does a lot of technology consulting and lead generation and different things to help mostly people like me who are in the real estate uh, industry. But he ended up chatting with me about weight loss and how he lost 50 pounds and, and we connected over that. And I was so amazed with the rigorous athletic lifestyle he's adopted. He does stuff I find absolutely insane. Many of us, myself included, have found ourselves in a place where we gained a lot more weight than we intended to, whether it was because of COVID or depression or lifestyle or anything, right? Maybe health issues. Larry has a lot of great advice for us today. Let's jump in. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Canceled Apprentice podcast, where we develop resilience and learn how to reach maturity mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. I'm your host and Canceled Apprentice, Cole Vandervoort.
1: I'm there, but don't
0: call me no third. All right. Very good, Larry. Thank you for joining us today. How are you doing, man? I'm
1: good, man. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me here.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you're here. We talked about this a little while ago. I think we met what two, three months ago. I yeah, don't right feel real. It. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. And you just blew my mind with marketing stuff. But then we just kept hanging out in this coffee shop, and you started telling me about your weight loss journey,
1: and that's been really inspiring. Well, I, I started with your weight loss journey too. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I uh, I did lose some. So I thought that would be a fun thing for us to to chat with people about because so many people are in the same place that, you know, we found ourselves whether it was because of covid or not because of covid, but in my case I gained that covid 35, you know, I was expecting maybe the 19 but it turned into a 35 real fast and there's was, there's was probably a good 15 20 that I wanted to lose before the 35. So so it ended up being a a day where I I just woke up and I looked in the mirror and I was like, "Who is that? That does not look like me like in my head. That that is really strange." So I don't know uh, I don't know what that was like for you but um that's what motivated me to start making some changes.
1: Yeah, I it was it was pretty similar. I think it was just looking in the mirror one day and like trying to figure out who I was now. Mm. Uh, not just physically but mentally too cuz I think when you carry a lot of weight like that it's uh I think it's not only physically taxing I think it's mentally taxing.
0: Mm. Yeah. You know? It was for me. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think a lot of people feel that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I don't know. Like maybe we should start there. Like, what is it about that? That is mentally taxing. Do you know? Cause I don't
1: really know. um, Self-esteem. Yeah. You know, when um, you look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, maybe I shouldn't have ate that fifth taco (laughs) yesterday. Huh? You know, (laughs) or, or you get to the point where you're so far gone. You're like, yeah, I don't even know where to start or where to begin or Mm. yeah. You know, it's going to be a painful journey. Like, oh man, I got to lose some weight, but I know it's going (laughs) to hurt. I think that affects you mentally too.
0: Yeah. 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 Have you ever, I don't know if you've heard this. Uh, I probably talked about this on here before, but I've heard before that men, um, typically have a, have a tendency to look in the mirror and see themselves as better than they are. And women have a tendency to look in the mirror and see themselves as, you know, maybe worse than they are. I, at least in my relationship, that's played out because my wife would be like, oh, I don't like this. I'm like, what are you talking about? You're so gorgeous. Like, But for me, something as a dude, maybe this is something a lot of other dudes can can connect with, is there was a really long time where somehow I just didn't notice that I was putting on a ton of weight. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, that's not happening. Like, I, I think I even thought I had abs for probably two years before I realized... I don't have abs like what is going on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Is is that how it happened for you too? Uh, yeah. And not to sound too crude, but you know, sitting on the toilet one day and you look down and you just see that big giant fat roll sitting there (laughs) and you're like, where did that come from? They're just like, and it didn't, for me, it didn't appear overnight yeah yeah me Uh, either you know so now smartphones are out and about everywhere so like every time you go somewhere like somebody's taking a picture and i remember Mm -hmm. like seeing somebody took a picture at an event or something and i was like is that george costanza (laughs) 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 oh that's me (laughs) oh yeah
0: but george costanza honestly i wouldn't like it if he was thinner i'd be like what Go back. Yeah. It wouldn't be you're not stand. Yeah, right. exactly. Would, yeah. Yeah. So that, I mean, maybe we got to acknowledge that some
1: dudes just, that's what you're supposed to look like in a way. I don't know. Yeah. I, I knew it wasn't what I was supposed to look like. Yeah. Yeah. A um, clothes not fitting, I think is another big one. Oh, that you know? is frustrating. And it's like, well, these are the only clothes that I have. <laughs> so now I got to go buy more <laughs> clothes because I can't put the fork down. Um, oh, so man. that's frustrating too. Yeah. So how do we balance,
0: um, like acknowledging these legitimately frustrating and, you know, on the other end of it is some of it's kind of funny for me, um, these things, but how do we acknowledge these detriments of, of gaining weight, of having disordered eating without being filled with shame and without like, you know, really, uh, being hard on ourselves in a way that's detrimental.
1: Yeah. I think that's tough. That's a, it's a delicate balance for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know about, about you or, or many of your listeners, but I have a very, very rough relationship with food. Um, Mm. and uh, like a lot of people, when I get stressed, I eat, Mm. um, when I'm bored, I eat. Yeah. So, um, and I think it just kind of snowballs. And I think when people get busy, if you're really, if you're a busy, busy real estate agent today, Mm. your, your eating habits are probably going to be completely off balance. Mm you know, you're going to be going through that drive-through at 1030 at night because you haven't eaten anything in yeah. seven hours. Um, Absolutely. so I think it is a def, it's a, it's a delicate balance.
0: Yeah. I, I think, uh, for, for me, I've experienced that for sure, especially as an ADHD person, mm. when my brain is starved for dopamine, right? Cause we have, we have a hard time, uh, uptaking dopamine. So I, in order to feel normal things from eating, like, oh, that was a satisfying meal. I got to eat something that was phenomenal and something that is a lot of it. Otherwise, eating feels like a chore for me sometimes. It's yeah. it's kind of an obnoxious almost. Um, that actually got better after I lost the weight. Uh, and I don't know why. I have a few theories as to why that is, but I don't know. I feel like it's not a constant struggle anymore.
1: I don't know. I think if you look at food now as fuel, and mm-hmm. uh, before I looked at it as like oh, I'm hungry, I'm going to put something in and, and eat it. And now I look at it as fuel instead of just food, and I'm more conscious about what I'm putting in my body. A lot of times, I mean, I still, I still cheat. Mm-hmm. I think you have to cheat anymore. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, to make like life livable,
1: right? Yeah, I, I, I mean, if it, if I can't have potato chips, like or nachos, <laughs> forget about it. What are we doing here? Yeah. <laughs> Um and, and my vice too is beer. I like I like having a beer now oh and then. Yeah. I'm not by no means an alcoholic, but sure. share the beer. And that's a that's a ton of calories, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it is. So so where do
0: you feel like uh the struggle with your relationship with food started?
1: Hmm. Um well, good question. I'm not entirely sure where it started or when it started. I was always pretty fit in high yeah. school. Uh I've played sports. I wasn't very good at sports, but I still played them. Um, yeah. You didn't have to be really good at them to, to play them. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I think it wasn't until, you know, married, get kids, you get nice and comfortable. Mm. Um, and then your, your kids eating habits slowly rub off on you. And like, next thing you know, you're buying two bags of Cheetos. Cause the kids like Cheetos, so, right. You know, um, <laughs> I think comfortable getting comfortable, you know, in a, in a marriage and just not looking at food the same way anymore. Um, but stress eating for me was, was a big deal. Get stressed, eat. Yeah. Um, and then don't stop when you're full, you stop when you hate yourself. Yeah.
0: And was it, was it pre COVID when you, when you, um, adjusted your food? Okay. Yeah. Oh
1: yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm going on year six now. All right. Of, of keeping, well, most of the weight off. Not <laughs> okay. all of it, but most of it. So how much of adjusting,
0: let's talk about the different facets of adjusting your relationship with food. It sounds like what I'm hearing you say is there's is, there's like a practical component, like, hey, what food are you buying? How much of it are you buying? And there's probably an exercise component, but but there's also, there's a mental component to it first. Oh, 100%. Started. Yeah. So if, if, you know, we're listening and we're, I'm really struggling with my relationship with food, what advice do you give me? What advice do you give me to help start adjusting my mindset and the way I think about it? Fu- food as fuel is one thing I heard you say, right? Yep.
1: Yeah. Okay. Portion control. Mm. That was, it was big for me. Um, instead of opening a bag of potato chips and going and sitting down on the couch and watching a football game, uh, portioning it out. And saying like, well, I, I can still have potato chips, but I don't need to eat half a bag. Yeah. I can eat, you know, just a couple of, in you know, chips in a bowl and, and still get the same satisfying feeling and maybe eat them slowly instead of, you know, shoving 10 in my mouth at the same time, <laughs> you know? Uh, and I think it was, that was something that I just learned, you know, like I, I can't sit here with a bag of potato chips anymore. Mm. You know, have to portion it out. So you know, portion and but that comes with every meal too. I you know, learning how to portion it out. Um, for me, it was counting calories and if you have these apps on your phone, I don't know if you guys have them. Most of us do. I'm trying to remember, it was, I think it was made by Under Armour. My Fitness Pal. My Fitness Pal. Yeah. Yeah. My Fitness Pal, and you would go in and like log everything that you ate that day. Very helpful. Um, and when when you have to log it in, you're like. Potato chips. Yeah. Seven servings. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's seven cake.
0: servings. Although the servings are the, on those are so much smaller than I'd think. It's like five yeah. or ten chips. And I'm thinking, who eats five or ten chips? Just some psychopath that eats I five guess. or ten chips. Yeah. yeah. It's not me. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned my fitness pal because they are our unofficial could be someday sponsors. They're gonna listen to this podcast
1: and be like, hey these guys get They it. were talking about my fitness pal <laughs> <laughs> do the right thing guys we're here man <laughs> technology when it comes to weight loss now yes. is amazing like yeah scales you can get scales that tell you your bmi and how much water you've had and i mean just like all kinds of crazy data and i'm a data guy right so i enjoy the data part of it
0: yeah you know yeah i like the the apps kind of help it work for you instead of you having to try to keep track of it or look up, you know, yeah. stuff, you just type it in and it knows. It keeps you
1: accountable. It does. Yeah. You those know? notifications. They're like, Hey man, how you doing? <laughs> so, the the one that I hated was like, you'd enter something into my fitness palette. It would be like, uh, you just consumed 50% of your total carbs for the day. Mm. <laughs> and you're like, Oh no. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay, guess I better eat an apple.
0: So, a struggle I had with my Fitness Pal is trying to figure out how, what my caloric intake should be with my goals and my height. And it, there are tools on there that it, it kind of helps you with. But what would you suggest to somebody who's like, hey, I don't, I don't really
1: know what to set some of these things at? Yeah, I, I just you, I went off of what the app was suggesting. They said, like, yeah, set some goals, and like my goal was like ten pounds in two months or something I wasn't super out of you know the realm of possibility like I wasn't like I want to lose 50 pounds in two months it was like yeah 10 pounds it or it was a pound a week that's what it was oh yeah yeah Yeah. that makes a lot of sense a a pound a week and it said like okay based off of your height and your weight your current BMI here's the calories that you need the calorie deficit that you need to have per day Mm. in order to get to that um and Sometimes I'd meet it. Sometimes I didn't, you know, but, uh, I didn't, I didn't get too down when I didn't meet it. Mm. Uh, you know, you'd still have those off days, you know, especially during the holidays. Cause start oh, of my started start my weight loss journey, like end of October and like Thanksgiving's right around the corner. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I'm doubling my calories today, boys and girls. <laughs> um, only you know double. Something? That's pretty good. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> something else I used, I learned, and I kind of taught myself this, I might've read it in a book, but like saving calories, like Mm. you'd be somewhere, you'd like look and you'd go like, oh man, that cupcake looks really good. But you know what? I'm going to save the calories so that I can have teriyaki chicken later tonight instead. Mm. Um, And when you log all those calories in there, man, I mean, it just makes it so much, it's so much easier to like, you look at food in a whole different light yeah. Like, yeah, I'm going to save those calories. I think I was on 1,500 calories a day. Okay. So make them count.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's so hard to even, if at least for me, I have, I have no understanding of how many calories I really take in. And so having something to, to draw my attention to it and being like, hey, man, do you have any idea what you're eating? Uh, and make, that, make that something I'm aware of was so helpful. And another thing that you mentioned briefly in there was like, I'm not trying to lose, you know, 50 pounds in two months. I, we like instant gratification. I like instant gratification. Oh, me too. So it's really easy for me to give up quick when I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, it's been two months and I've only lost 10 pounds or five pounds. And I'm like, what am I doing? You know, what am I doing here? What what would you say to the person who's really struggling with that?
1: Uh, Coming from somebody who's run several marathons now, uh, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Mm. Uh, you have to set yourself up for smaller goals. First, you have a, you have a long-term goal. Yeah. I want to lose 50 pounds by this time next year. Great. Um, but let's set short-term goals first. You know, mm. my first goal is I just want to learn how to eat better mm-hmm. would be a good first goal, uh, and learn how to count my calories. And then first month I want to lose five pounds in the first month. Okay. You know, set those smaller goals and don't be mad when you don't achieve them because you're probably not, whatever goal you set, you're, you might fall short and don't let it get you down. Mm. It's super easy to get really hard on yourself and say, like, well, I only lost three pounds instead of five pounds. Yeah. <laughs> you still lost three pounds. That's amazing. That is, you know, um, and it's a learning curve. I mean, you're you're learning every day, never stop. Man, I like that.
0: I like this idea of not having to try to do it perfectly immediately, no. But to to train to do a little bit better every day. Yep. I kind of looked at it when I was just starting off because this was really hard for me because I'm a very all or nothing kind of guy. I'm the first ADHD person that's all or nothing weird. I know, but uh, but what I what I started doing is looking at it by week. And I'd be like, okay, how many times did I screw up this week? And what I found is if like you add up calories or meals or however you want to do it. Um, for me, it was fasting uh, hours, fasted hours. I am like, hey, this is how many hours I needed to get this day. Maybe I didn't get all those. But, but if you look at the end of the week, I got 10 more fasting hours this week than I did last week and each week trying to kind of be, now you have to be careful because eventually you can get super unhealthy with that. Like, please don't go to the place where you're eating an unhealthy amount of calories or you're fasting in a way that's unhealthy, you know, cause you're trying to top yourself every day. Like that's, we don't
1: want that. We want you to be healthy. That's the whole goal here. Right. I have a, I've a, I tried that intermittent fasting by the way. And oh my gosh, when it, when I did finally get to the point where I could eat, like I ate so fast. Yeah. It's cause you're like, you're so hungry. And mine, mine was minimal. It was, all, I think I was doing a 14 hour at first. I tried the 12 and I was like, 12 cool. I can go to 14 yeah. and then go to 14. And then you just gorge yourself for 14 <laughs> hours and like, and then you feel bad. You're like, Oh man, I'm so full. I can't even move. So <laughs> how, uh, how long did and, you try it for? Uh, just like maybe two or three weeks and that was about it. Ah, and, yeah. Um, when you, we were training at a really high level at that point, we were training mm. to run a 50 mile ultra. Oh, wow. And so to go calorie deficit for that long and we were running fasted in the morning, I would get up and run fasted in the morning. Yeah. But not like two or three miles, like 10, 12 18, 20, <laughs> 22 miles fasted. In that the sounds morning. terrible yeah. not fasted to me, but it, it does. It sounds terrible, not it sounds terrible just bottom line, it sounds terrible yeah. Running twenty miles. Yeah. Uh but doing a fasted is a whole different ball of wax. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. That's why it just didn't work for me. Okay. I couldn't couldn't do the fasted thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, we all
0: have to figure out, you know, what system works for us for sure. So that's, that's a little bit of the mental component to it, right?
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: then uh, from there, do we like, is, do you have advice on this is the types of foods you need to eat, um, where you're getting food, things like that?
1: you know, I'm not a big veggie guy. Really? No. Impressive. Man. I just, I just don't, a lot of vegetables just don't sound appealing to me um, okay which so vegetable
0: kinda, is the most offensive to like God
1: and man Seriously? I wanna know yeah the most offensive you know it, for me it used to be Brussels sprouts and now I like Brussels sprouts
0: yeah <laughs> so.
1: you, you just gotta have them
0: wrapped in bacon and
1: game over no air fried man oh like, well that's fine They're throw in an air fryer uh I would say like I'm not a big asparagus fan I was gonna say it's gotta be asparagus I'm just not a big asparagus fan <sighs>
0: No. I actually recently read, I don't know if this is true at all. So you can fact check me and tell me I'm full of it, but on the internet, so it has to be true, right? That's I read big. that there are some people that have a gene, which apparently I do, that makes cilantro taste like dish soap. Yep. And it's very strong, which does. Does it taste like that to you? Yeah. No, no, but okay. I've heard that same exact thing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I was curious. Uh, cilantro tastes like dish soap. Uh, what is it? Tonic water? I don't even know how to describe what that tastes like. It's like gasoline. It's,
1: it's disgusting.
0: Yeah, it's 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 a travesty. And then asparagus tastes like, okay, I'm just going to come out and say it. Asparagus tastes like the way your asparagus, that asparagus makes your pee smell. That's what it tastes like to me. E- and uh, which is, yeah, it's a bad time. And so I was always thinking, that's okay, rough. everybody agrees that asparagus has like a, a really terrible effect on your urine. Why would people want to eat that? And I've all, I've never been able to understand it, but now I guess it doesn't <laughs> taste like that for everyone, but it's still not good.
1: It's still so, the veggies for me. I was a big thing was the veggies. Yeah. Uh, you know, f- finding the micronutrients that you needed in there. Again, mm. the app, your future sponsor, your app was telling me, Hey, you need more micronutrients. These are the kind of nutrients you need. Okay. Uh, I would supplement them with, uh, like a plant-based protein powder, mm. you know, that kind of gave you like a serving. Well, the label says it gives you a serving of vegetables, so that was good enough for me <laughs> <laughs> and you know throw that in a in a shake uh, and and feel a little better. feel like I got at least got my veggies in today, yeah, um, and then slowly but surely, veggies started growing on me, you know mm. air fryer is a great thing by the way, mm. like, we learned how to do things in the air fryer. it just made things taste better, I guess, okay, yeah, for me anyway,
0: yeah. Yeah, so my yeah. first air fryer I bought was like this little egg thing that was like a mini microwave. Yeah. And I kind of felt like I was doing a oh my gosh, the easy bake oven is kind of what it felt <laughs> like to me. I'd like pull the little thing out and I'd take my little tongs and be like, oh here we go, I'm gonna eat vegetables. And then I it just it was all bad. It all came out so dry and, and so then I was like maybe I should spend more than thirty dollars on an air fryer if I'm if I'm like gonna mm-hmm. do it. And then eventually uh, we replaced our oven because it died our range. And, uh, and this one that we got came with an air fryer and I didn't even try it for like the first six months. Cause I was so like turned off from air fryers after my easy bake air fryer. And then, uh, but I, I've recently tried it and it's spectacular. Yeah. It cooks my bacon so well. I don't even know how to express how good bacon in an air fryer is. <laughs> it's I know. Just like, it it gets the whole thing and so quick. even. Yeah. Yeah, Creek. there's no ear parts, you know. No, you just you just turn it into crisp. Oh man, yep. This spot, this podcast is not yet sponsored by air fryer. I don't think air <laughs> fryer is <bacon>. a brand. <laughs> it could. Or bacon. It sh- oh, bacon! Please reach out to us. Um, yeah, bacon it, is good.
1: I learned a lot about food and the way that your body absorbs nutrients as well. Okay. Um, like I was always under the assumption, like you need to go on a low fat, you want to lose fat, you got to go on a low fat diet. Mm. And that's the opposite of exactly what you need to do. Cause your body needs fat to operate. Your body needs fat for fuel. And uh, so learning the, the kind of the physiology, yeah. is that the right word? Physiology, but yeah. t- behind, you know, diet and food and exercise and, mm. and those kinds of things. Yeah. I thought it was interesting and, the, and it worked. What mm. I was doing was working. So I think that was kind of the other thing. You see the results as slowly as they are. You start seeing those results, like mm. little by little. You see your abs start coming in. And then, <laughs> yes. Even though I didn't have any abs there, but I could, <laughs> I, I could feel them in there in the mirror. I was like, I can feel the abs in there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So what are some ways that that people can look for those results when maybe it's, I don't know, I look in the mirror every day, so I mm-hmm. I don't even, it's almost too slow for me to notice. But then if I look back sometimes I, so what ways do you suggest people start tracking their results aside um, from just kind of looking in the mirror?
1: Yeah. Um, the scale was a big one for me. Like yeah. I'd step on the scale every morning and it would tell me, you know, and w- the worst part about that is if you have a Garmin, by the way, if you have a Garmin watch, I have a Garmin, If <laughs> you step on the scale and that data goes over to the Garmin. And it shows you like your fluctuation. Ah. Wow. No. So when you see that, that kind of that slow decline on the app, you're like, Oh, okay. What I'm doing is working. I think that that helps you do more and, and, and try harder and and be better. Mm. Um, But I know people who have tried dieting and then their weight actually starts going up Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then they give up. Yeah. Oh. That's happened to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's you know, the other things that you can measure too are the way you feel mentally. Mm. I had a, a huge spike in like when I started eating better and I started feeling better, you get those endorphins running. Mm-hmm. And then like exercise for me kind of became my stress relief. It still is. Yeah. Where instead of eating a bag of potato chips to relieve my stress, I would put on my running shoes and go run.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is kind of almost addictive, isn't it? It can be. Yeah. 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 There's parts of me that completely dread it. Like, oh, I don't want to go to the gym again today. Mm -hmm. And then there's sometimes I'm like, but I'm going to feel so good afterward.
1: That's, and that's the whole thing right there is like, how am I going to feel if I don't go Mm -hmm. and I'm going to get up and I'm going to go out there and I'm going to eat a half a bag of potato chips. Yeah. Yeah. Why am I, You might be sponsored by a potato chip by the end of this, by the way. Lay is <laughs> potato chips. Uh, you know How am I going to feel if I don't go versus how am I going to feel when I'm done and how gratifying is that going to be? And it kind of sets the tone for the rest of your day.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's the kind of self-talk we need is to ask like, okay, how good am I going to feel afterward? Because I my brain's assaulting me with how
1: bad I don't want to do stuff. Yep. I got I to gotta start thinking that way. That's good. And having somebody to do it with is even better having an accountability partner. When I first started, I didn't have an accountability partner. I just, yeah, it was just me. Mm. Hey, are you gonna are you gonna get to the gym today or not? Is that the same as a as a workout partner? Yeah, same as a workout partner. Yeah. Okay. You just have somebody that uh, when you say, "Hey, you want to meet at the gym at six a.m.?" They're like, "Yeah." You're like, "Okay, cool." Mm. We're going to the gym at 6 a.m. Whereas if I didn't have that partner and I woke up at 5.45, I'd be like, Hey, you know what? I'll go to the gym tonight instead. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, somebody's depending on me. Mm. I should, I better show up.
0: Yeah. Do you, do you think that you need to have an expensive gym membership or does it, does it really matter?
1: No, no. (laughs) No. I think, I think it doesn't really matter any gym that you belong to as long as you're getting the exercise. In fact, you don't even need a gym. That's, I'm, I was telling my kids, like, you don't need a gym. Like there's plenty of exercise you can do with just body weight. Yeah. In in your bedroom or in the kitchen or on a chair or in the garage. You know, that is
0: true, man. Okay. So we're getting into exercise a little bit. So let's talk a little bit about that piece. So to summarize here, for the the nutrients, right? You want to make sure that you're getting that in. But if you hate vegetables, get creative. Yeah. Find a powder you know that has some vet go to your, your supplement store or whatever um, or find you know protein that has a bunch of different things in it and you may get it you know get it in the way that you can do it. Don't don't force yourself to eat asparagus because it's awful.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's plenty of supplements out there that you can get too.
0: Yeah, there really is. Um, and then we move into the the gym and uh, or doesn't have to be the gym, but just exercise in general. So, I mean, I know there's a lot of different ways that we can do this. So um, what's your opinion on that? Is one better than the other or does it is totally pe- depend on the person?
1: You know, I think it really depends on the person and depends on your motivation because I know a lot of people that don't go to the gym at all. Mm. Uh, they just stay active and they stay busy doing things, whether it's walking or running or some light lifting, maybe riding a bike. I think that's probably the most important thing is just stay active and, and, and keep moving. Mm. Uh, add the gym in a little later on. It's kind of nice to have somebody who can guide you. If you're, if you are going to join a gym, uh, hiring a personal trainer is never a bad idea.
0: Mm.
1: Just to help you figure out number one, how to do the exercises, right. Um, how to guide you. So my coach was online. I hired an online coach. Oh, wow. And I, they would send me videos. Yeah. These are the kind of exercises we want you to do, you know, just like this. And here's a de- description of the, of here's why you're going to do it, you know? So it's, it's kind of nice to have that guide. Otherwise I think a lot of people get to the gym and they just feel lost. Yeah. They're Like, what am I supposed to be doing? Like, what is this exercise? Or they're doing the exercise wrong. And you want to go over there and tell them like, try to keep your back a little straight when you do I that. Know,
0: but you don't want to be that guy at the gym yeah. who's, you know. Yeah. Like,
1: you are going to hurt yourself. If you deadlift like that, you're just going to oh. hurt yourself. And...
0: I actually, if somebody is in danger, I will, t- I'll say something mm. and I'll be like, Hey, just, just let you know. I don't, I just don't want to see you get hurt, but yeah. I, you know, I don't want to bother you. Um, cause I, I tore my shoulder when I was 24. Oof. I tore my left labrum and it's never, I mean, that doesn't really heal. Right. So, I mean, you can get surgery, but, uh, so it's resulted in my shoulder being unstable. I have to be really uh, careful. I can't move it back, um, which your shoulder doesn't really move back. But if I, if I do it, um, it, it's really rough and working out a lot of times causes me a lot of pain in that shoulder. And I just wish somebody would have come, you know, and yelled at me when I was doing military press without a spotter, really freaking heavy on my fifth set. And they're like, Hey, stop this is going to fall behind you and it's going to, you're going to hear the worst sound you've ever heard come out of your shoulder joint. (laughs) It was really gnarly. That just makes
1: me cringe. Yeah. It was a bad time, man. Uh, So so, by the way, there's plenty of people online that online trainers and coaches and mm. things like that. The one that we were using was called barbell medicine. mm. I don't know if you ever heard of them. I haven't. That's yeah. cool. They have great training plans already built in, that, and that they like walk you through the progressions of like doing certain things and okay yeah, barbell medicine.
0: Huh? Yeah, check that out for sure. I'm I'm gonna look into that. I've uh, I've tried one I like the guy on YouTube, Jeff Cavalier with AthleanX. So I've I got one of his plans once during COVID because he had an all body weight one because my gym was closed. So yeah. I got trained online, you know, a little bit during COVID. I'm glad I did something because. I was chunking up real fast. (laughs) It's amazing. Hey, the older you get, the the faster it goes. Oh, Oh, man. That's terrifying. Yeah. I've, I've kind of, I hit 30 and I'm like, well, hmm. (laughs) This, this doesn't work the same way it used to.
1: Yeah. Wait till you hit 50. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) So for me, life really began at 50. It began at 50. Yeah. Okay. I know. It's hard. It's hard to believe, but. Why do you say that? You know, uh, when you're younger and you have kids and you have a career and you're doing all these things and you're focused on your kids and their activities and whatnot, your kids get older and they become a little more self-sufficient. And all of a sudden I have more free time to do the things that I like to do. And um, Mm. so uh, for me, I think I was 46, 46 when I first, I walked into an LA fitness and like, I just need to lose weight. She's like, come with me interesting <laughs> six months later i think i was down like maybe 30 pounds in six months and a, wow. a year later i was down 50 all right from there I, and i was doing like a little bit of running a little some walking some running a lot of mm-hmm. exercise a lot of stair climber um but i discovered hey i i'm thin now and i'm fit i can go do all these fun things i want to do now mm. and <laughs> so we started climbing mountains we started rock climbing Uh, all these things that I wanted to do like early on, Mm. just didn't have the time, energy or money to do. So yeah, uh, now I'm older. Now I'm fit. Now I have the money and I have the time. Yeah. Go, go do some fun things, you know, that, that means a lot to me because,
0: uh, hitting 30 was, I don't know if anybody else is feeling this. If you're listening to the podcast, I don't know, but, uh, I always heard about the midlife crisis, but I hit 30 and I was like, oh my gosh. Life has changed a lot in a lot of ways. Um, I can't eat the way I used to be able to. I gain weight faster. I, I uh, you know, I, like I said, I looked in the mirror. I didn't even recognize myself. I went from being, you know, one of the younger, you know, decent looking dudes in the room to being like a piece of furniture. Or if, you know, somebody would look at me, they'd be like, oh, there's that like creepy dude in the corner. I'm like, what the heck? Uh, I think it actually hit me really hard when one of my, <laughs> one of my young adults, uh, when I was a young adult pastor came to me and, uh, he saw a 10 year challenge photo of me and my wife. And so I would have been, I would have been 20. And, uh, and he came over to me and he said, Oh, I could see how anyone would have ever found you attractive in the past. Wow. And I was like, Oh, okay. Emotional
1: damage. Emotional
0: damage. Yeah, man. (laughs) And, uh, that's kind of when I started to wake up to it a little bit and I was like, okay, this is weird. So uh, there's been this, this kind of fear in me, of uh, like, man, is it all downhill from here? Um, then I, you know, got in better shape and different things, but it's, it's really, really good for me to hear that, that 50s when it started getting good for you, because yeah. I dread that time to be honest with you, but, but that
1: actually gives me a lot of hope. So the year I turned 50, I ran not only my first marathon, uh, my first three marathons mm. at that the year i turned 50 a uh, 50 mile ultra marathon oh my gosh shortly thereafter yeah <laughs> and and that was like my whole idea was like i'm turning 50 i want to do something big yeah and so training for a 50 mile ultra was ar- ar- arguably the biggest thing i had ever done i had no idea what i was in for mm. and uh like it just took exercise to a whole different degree Yeah, Um, I bet. Especially when you're looking at a calendar and the calendar says like, okay, so on Saturday you're going to run 16 miles and on Sunday you're going to run 22 miles in the morning and eight miles in the afternoon. Wow. In two days. (laughs) And you enjoy this? Uh, When you looked at the calendar at the beginning, when you got the training plan, it was super intimidating when you're looking Mm. at that. So you tried not to look too far in advance. You're like, okay, what do I have this week? Uh, what do I have to plan for? Yeah, how much time do I need on Saturday and Sunday? How much my family going to miss me on these two days? <laughs> you kind of like planned accordingly, but didn't look too far in the future. Yeah, you know, Um, uh, and then by the time you get there, it just you you're like, oh, it's only eighteen miles today. Cool. <laughs> I know that sounds absurd. It sounds yeah. absolutely absurd. Um, and it was, uh, and I think my, my Instagram followers probably got really tired of seeing my stuff on, on Instagram because it was just like, every day was like running and I would I like running like six miles. And the next day we're like running 10 miles. And the next day would be like running eight miles. And the people are like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That seems crazy but, uh, to me. It was, it, it was a fun adventure.
0: I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. Cause I, I have no idea what I'll be doing when I'm 50. I doubt it'll be running. I'll tell you that for free because I can't think of anything I would rather do (laughs) less than that, but I'll, I'd like to be doing something I enjoy like that and something to push myself. And, but a lot of people are in a place where they are just starting, right? And they hear this story of, you know, you accomplishing these incredible things, but but they just have a hard to, they're still in that place where you're saying, you know, they're just walking into the gym for the first time and they feel super self-conscious and they see this dude that looks like Thor and this chick that looks like an Instagram influence. And they're like, Oh great. So that's not me. And I don't even want to embarrass myself by lifting wrong next to them. I'm probably the person who is going to hurt myself. What do you say to that person? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think you have to, you first, it's just like quitting smoking. You really have to want to quit smoking. Mm. You you really have to want the weight loss or the journey or to get started. Uh, you can't plan for it. You really can't plan for it. You're like, okay, well, I'll wait until Monday so that I can do this or go shopping for my special food that I need or anything. It's it's one of those, like, you have to make a conscious decision and then make dedicate yourself to it mm. and then set a small goal don't set a big goal first, mm-hmm. just set a small goal. Even if it's, you know, one pound the first week yeah, or, or two pounds the first month, it doesn't matter. Cause we all start there. You have to start. Yeah. Yeah. We all start somewhere. <laughs> the journey of a thousand miles begins with the first step. So mm. you're never going to get started if you don't get started, you know? Yes. Uh, and The whole, and I hate to bring up the cliche, a marathon, not a sprint. You just have to kind of one day at a time. Yeah. Just make it through that one day and don't go. And I know I was guilty of this too. Like, okay, well, I'm going to go on this weight loss journey. I'm putting on my running shoes. I'm going to go out and run three miles. Yeah. Don't do that to yourself. Start slow. Mm. Your, your body, it's going to take your body a while to get accustomed to this new normal. Mm. Your joints are gonna hurt. Your feet are gonna hurt. Yeah, your whole body's gonna hurt. Honestly, it's,
0: it's gonna hurt. The first two three weeks, especially.
1: It is. Yeah, that the, the DOMS. You know the DOMS delayed onset muscle soreness. You know, oh, I never heard that. Yeah, DOMS. can call it the DOMS delayed onset yeah. muscle soreness. Why am uh, I sore
0: the next day? This was this was almost forty eight oh. hours ago.
1: Yeah. And yeah. you're going to be sore for like, in fact, the, sometimes the onset soreness is like two days later is the worst. Yep. yep. Um, but if you keep moving and you keep doing it, eventually you won't get those doms anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, stay consistent. If you're going to do this, you really have to, you know, dedicate yourself to five days a week, at least mm. you don't have to go three hours a day. Start yeah. small, start slow. Don't set yourself up for disaster.
0: Yes. Yeah. That seems like that's probably one of the biggest mistakes you could make, I think, is is comparing yourself to people who are been doing it for a long time and just trying to push too hard and you're not
1: there no. yet. You're going to burn out. Yeah. I compared myself today to who I was yesterday. That's beautiful. Don't compare yourself to anybody else. You can't even compare yourself to somebody who's the same age as you. Mm. I mean, the the guys I was running with were, you know, 26 and... 32 and i'm 50 you know yeah i can't compare myself to them it's it's impossible yeah you set your own pace you set your own agenda um you go what and you you have to be comfortable like getting outside of your comfort zone too another cliche yeah yeah like get outside of your comfort zone do things that are uncomfortable even like the weather's crappy it's raining 35 degrees it's raining outside you put on your running shoes and go outside It's going to suck. Yeah, that's not fun. But man, when you're done, it's like there's no better feeling in the world when you're done and you get addicted to that feeling of like, oh man, I just did that. (laughs) I can see it in your face. Yeah. Yeah, it's true, man. Yeah, it's kind of euphoric, huh? It is. like When you first run your first half marathon, and I'm telling you, there's nothing better. Your first 3K or your first 5K first 10 K is just nothing better than that feeling of accomplishment when you're done. And now you have a benchmark. You're like, okay, well, I ran my first five K at 35 minutes. Let's see if I can get it down to 34.
0: Yeah. So what, uh, what other mistakes do you think people make? So one would be not, uh, not starting where you're at, comparing yourself to other people or you mentioned Mm -hmm. a bunch of really great things in there. Um, pushing too hard in the beginning to be at a level, you're just not there yet. Um, what are the mistakes should we try to avoid?
1: You know, self-doubt, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm huge on self-doubt, man. There's always times where are like, am I doing the right thing? Mm. Is it working? Is it not working? Uh, you know, just sometimes I overthink things. Yeah. So just get out of your own head and do what makes you feel good. Sometimes people are like, Hey, I'm trying to measure like how much time, Trying to get my 5K down to 29 minutes or 26 minutes, you know, I have to do that. Yeah, just so go run. Who cares? <laughs> just go run. Just go exercise. Go ride a bike. You know, walk the dogs. And
0: it doesn't get easier later. Like if you're like, eh, I'll I'll start working out when I you know get more motivation or my body's in already better shape, so it's not as bad. You know, it, it
1: doesn't work that way. No, and you really have to be self motivated too. Mm you can't really depend on somebody else to motivate you to do this stuff. Yeah. It helps. It helps having a personal trainer. Yeah. No
0: joke. Uh, I have a lot of similar conversations with people in real estate because they just want to, they just want to maybe wait and just rent for a little while longer. And they think, you know, when we save a little bit more money or we, you know, but they haven't, they haven't looked into it, see if it's feasible and they think it'll be easier later. But the economy is not getting easier. Like this is, it's a kind of a a tough time right now, but, uh, we finally pulled the trigger and I'm so frustrated that we didn't, we could have probably done it five years earlier if we would have looked into it uh, more seriously. And we just have five years of equity now. Right. And my (laughs) house would be worth more than double what I paid for it. Probably. Yep. Yeah. There was a, there's a beautiful house. Um, my friend was moving out of, he was renting it. And he said, no, they want to sell it. So we got to, we got to get out. And it was right, right down the street from where we lived, where from where I grew up and it was beautiful in like downtown Milwaukee. And I think it sold, I don't, I think at the time they were asking like 210 or 225 or something for it. Wow. And, uh, and I was like, oh my gosh, we could never afford that. At the time I thought that's insane. And absolutely we could have afforded that. Like we should have looked into down payment assistance programs and different things. And that house, if we would have bought it, um, would be, it have be, been a huge mistake for me to sell it. But if I were to sell it today, it would probably be close to a million dollars. If not a million dollars. Wow. Yes. Breaks my
1: heart. I know. And I think the economy, well, house prices aren't going down anytime soon.
0: No, unfortunately.
1: Interest rates going up. Yeah. It's wild. So anyway, yeah. Crazy that's ride. Another,
0: another thing. This this stuff kind of applies across different lines, but so that is a lot of the mistakes you can make, a lot of the mindset you need to have. I love that you said self-doubt too. Just feeling like we can't do it, right? That's so hard. You have to get it out of your head. Yeah. Yeah. How do you get it out of your head? Like, Do you ever have mornings where you just wake up and you just, it seems like it's drilled in there? <laughs>
1: uh every morning every morning yeah. every morning yeah yeah every day you wake up and especially if you you know you look at the app you're like hey what's the weather doing out there today and you're like oh man mm. it's 38 degrees and it's raining like mm. oh this run is gonna suck it's just <laughs> gonna suck and <laughs> you know you get on your running shoes and you get out there and i'm not the first five minutes suck because the rain's hitting you in the face and Yeah. You're cold, you're not warmed up. And then pretty soon you start getting in your groove and you're like, okay, I feel good. And you're soaking wet, so it doesn't really matter anymore. Right. Come back in and feel great. You got something accomplished for the day. And I like the fact that it sets the tone for the rest of your day. Mm. I feel like I can accomplish so much more when I got that done like super early. Oh, man. There's so much truth to that. I
0: hate the mornings, but when I get stuff done exactly like you're saying... It's a whole different day.
1: It is it sets a tone. Uh, another mistake, and I had a couple of people do the same thing. You know the seven. You've seen seventy five hard, right? Mm-mm. Okay, so it's this challenge where it's like seventy five hard. It's seventy five days, and there's like a whole bunch of rules, like two forty five minute workouts. You have to drink a gallon of water. You have to eat clean. You have to read ten pages of a book. Um, okay, I'm really relieved because I
0: definitely thought this was going to be about a commercial for a little blue pill, and I was really worried.
1: For no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, it's 75 days, and it, they call it 75 hard because it's really hard. It is really, really hard. I know, yeah. and I know several people who are like, I'm going to do the 75 hard challenge, and they get through like the <laughs> third day and they can't move. Oh man, you know. So don't go too hard, too fast. Like all don't of these. Start with that. Fitness trends and everything else. Oh, man. They're not suited for everybody. Yeah. I don't think I could do 75 hard right now if I wanted to. Interesting. Two 45-minute workouts per day. Mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I feel that. I have a, I have a really high uh, resting heart rate. It's like 110 usually is like resting. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not what you want. Um, sometimes I can get it down like if through meditation and different things, I can get it down to maybe 80. Wow. Um, but it, it it doesn't stay there and, you know, it's at different times. But uh, so when I run or do cardio type things, right, I hit 200 after like two minutes. Oh
1: man, I'd be dead.
0: Yeah, that's why I don't run. <laughs> and yeah. I, I do try to force myself to do some, but for me, it's really embarrassing because I'm I'm in good shape. Um, I'm at the gym a lot, but I will, <laughs> I will look like I'm so lazy to, uh, to anyone who asks me, Hey, let's, you know, go for a run. I'll, I'll be like around the corner and I'll be like about ready to pass out. And they're like, what? That's just what's happened. I've had my heart tested a whole bunch. I'm healthy. And that's just how it is for me. I guess at this point, it could have something to do with my adrenal glands. We're looking into that, but, um, But the, the point I'm trying to make is every person has a different threshold for difficulty, a perceived difficulty, you know, and there's factors in your body and, you know, you want to push yourself, but also you got to understand, like, you can't compare yourself to every other person because you don't know all the differences that you guys have. Nope. That's crazy.
1: Better, better tomorrow. Yeah. Uh the tech that's available nowadays for exercise is off the charts.
0: Like, yeah. It like is. a
1: whoop strap or like mm. Garmin. I have a Garmin watch and it like it tracks everything from my sleep, my recovery, my heart rate, my stress, yeah. Um resting heart rate. My resting heart rate is forty seven. Wow. So well, I'd yeah. run too if my
0: resting heart rate was forty seven.
1: It was like when I trained for the fifty, it was down like 41.
0: So how long do you have to run before your heart rate gets to 110? Like mine starts at,
1: uh, for me, um, not long. I mean, I'll, I'll get up there pretty quick. Yeah. Okay. Usually. Yeah. Understanding heart rate zones was a, one of those things that was key for me to like learning what heart rate you needed to have to start burning fat, but not going over a certain heart rate to break the bank. Uh, as okay. say, or steal steal from the bank so what would that zone be uh for me my my optimal heart rate is like under 142 okay so that's my my zone two. so when i'm out running i'm trying to stay in that zone two. uh you have periodic speed bursts depending on what training program you're on where it speeds you up you know get your heart rate up to like 160 yeah and then you try to rest and come back down and that's to like downhill work especially when you're doing hill work uh understanding heart rate zones for me was a game changer huh. and the, and the science behind it so okay here's an example uh started running when i first started running uh i had to keep my heart rate at like 139 and that was like 15 minute miles it's like how 15 minute miles to keep my heart rate under 139 uh 6 months later has run in 12 minute miles with my heart rate at 139 now i can run eight and a half minute mile with my heart rate at 139. Interesting. It's just the way that your body just adapts and changes that, that zone. And now I can, I can go fast. Then I can keep, if I keep it under 139, if I keep it under 142, now my, my threshold moved up. I could go for hours. Yeah. We ran all the way around the outside of Mount hood one day, 42 miles. Wow. And yeah. That's insane. 42 miles in a day? Yeah, in a day. Yeah, 42 miles. Oh my gosh.
0: And I could barely drive 42 hours. miles in a day.
1: I know. And <laughs> th- In that same year, we did like all the way around St. Helens, which was 32 miles. Mm. And it was the time of my life doing this stuff too now. yeah, so just the mere fact that life doesn't... I know there's probably 50-year-olds listening to this like, oh man, I'll never be able to... Ooh run a marathon like Mm. i didn't think it could either Mm. you know yeah i remember watching people train for marathons just be like that is psycho Yeah. wait you're running 20 miles today just to train that's psycho i could never do that yeah i know some 75 year old men who are running marathons i know that's inspiring to me because now i'm like cool i got 20 more years that i can do this yeah <laughs> so and they didn't
0: start running until they were in their like
1: late sixties, I don't think, either. Yeah. I didn't really start until I was like forty seven, forty-eight around mm-hmm. right there. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I never ran a half marathon before that. So So I guess the moral of that story is
0: you've got time. It's never too late to start. The best can be yet to come and you can do
1: it. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine how much easier your life is going to be in ten years. Yeah. When you're 10 pounds lighter, it doesn't take much. It doesn't.
0: It does. It was parts of it seem way harder than I thought. But then when I got into it, it wasn't nearly as hard as I thought. Like the mental punishment almost seems harder (laughs)
1: than it's the mental game, man. That's the worst part of the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. We get in our heads talking yourself out of like, I got to go to the gym and I really don't want to. And you're like, you're fighting with yourself. Literally. (laughs) completely forcing yourself to get in the car and go to the gym i know (laughs) i've been
0: there yeah well thanks for your wisdom man do you have any any last minute thoughts for
1: people uh use some technology technology right now is great for helping you out uh couch to 5k i started off with couch to 5k this app called c2 5k where it just like got you to the point where you could run a full 5k uh and it starts (laughs) you off like super super slow like today you're going to walk a half a mile and run for a quarter mile and then walk for a half mile. Um, and then slowly progresses you up over time. So technology is going to help you measure. It's going to help you see the results. The results aren't going to be in the mirror all the time, but, Yeah, uh, results are how you feel. And that's the biggest thing right there. Mental, yeah. How you feel, how your clothes look that kind of stuff. Yep. Changes your relationship with everybody and mm-hmm. not just food. It changes your relationship with everybody. If you feel good about yourself, mm. you feel good about everybody else. <laughs> that is so true. You know? Yeah. And you never know who you're going to inspire to. It could be a family member. It could be your neighbor. It could be somebody on social media. It just said, hey, you know what? I started running because I saw you started running. Yeah. like What? Yeah. Me? Like, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Did you think you'd be doing a podcast on it when you started? Uh no, not really. But <laughs> I listen to plenty of podcasts when I'm running though. Yeah. That's, I I do. I'm like totally addicted to podcasts when I'm running.
0: Yeah, that is a great time to listen to them.
1: Well, it keeps your mind busy and keeps your act mind active and you don't have to think about anything. You don't have to think mm. about how much pain your feet are in. So
0: <laughs> that's true.
1: Awesome, yep. man.
0: We're gonna we're gonna go to the bonus round. We're gonna we're gonna talk about whatever, see what pops out, and then uh this will do it for today for this. For this uh, episode, I appreciate you, man. That's a lot. I think round. for somebody starting off there, you gave them a firm footing to figure out how to start rolling. I think that's awesome. Cool. Thanks, man. Yeah. Thank you for your help. Yeah. Thanks for the mic. All right. We'll see you later. All right. Peace. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Canceled Apprentice podcast. I'm proud of you guys. I love you. May you be free from shame and ready to train.